It is good for us to, uh, as we pursue ambition, as we ask this question about the the nature of ambition and what it means to be ambitious for for Christ, that we regularly sing and remind ourselves of the, the marvel and wonder of God. Because it's so easy in our ambition before God to think it's about us. And to forget that it's really about the wonder and, and glory of God. And uh, we've, we've been on this journey together and explored even what ambition in Christ looks like. And even found in the Harvard Business Review that we shared last week a, a, a new term that they coined called humbition. Uh, which uh, really, they, they weren't using it under Christ, at least not explicitly. Um, but uh, that ambition before God is, is part ambition and part humility. And, and so, humbition, uh, a humility and uh, ambition. Maybe even an ambition to be humble. Uh, an ambition for uh, becoming a servant. And I... Uh, um, every once in a while, our sermons, they get on the internet and other people will listen to them and comment back. And we've got actually a little group, you know, it's our, uh, um, like to tell my colleagues, yeah, we've got a satellite church now, um, in Nigeria. And it's some, uh, friends of the congregation, Jacob, uh, who you, Joseph, uh, Yakubu, um, who you know has been here before, and he has some friends come. They get around the laptop and listen to the services every once in a while. And he, but he commented, um, back to me about this, this journey and looking at humbition. And this was his quote. He said, the word of God is the anvil upon which all our ambitions must be shaped. And I'm like, oh, that'll preach. And that is what we've been looking at. How the, the Word of God shapes our ambitions. That God has given us a desire, given us an ambition within us to, to achieve, to, to pursue, to have an impact. But those ambitions have to be shaped by the Word of God. So today, uh, we're going to look at how our ambitions are thwarted. How there are ways it, within us or in the world that our ambitions uh, meet with hindrances and, and obstacles. Things that can keep us from what God would desire for us. The the uh, events are in Deuteronomy chapter 1, found on page 138 in your pew Bible. So, uh, the same story is also recorded in Numbers 13 and 14, if you want to uh, look at uh, that um, at another time. But Deuteronomy chapter 1, starting with verse 19. And here, we'll, we'll see here outlined some of the obstacles of fear, uh, failure, uh, comparison, personal ambition can get in the way of God's ambition. And even success can be an obstacle. Let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your written word. And we ask that your living word would be alive in us today to, to hear from you and apply it in our lives. Uh, 
Show us. Demonstrate in each of our lives and in us as a community the hindrances to having and pursuing your ambitions for us. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Deuteronomy 1, uh, starting with chapter 19. And the, the uh, events up to this time are that the uh, Israelites, uh, and Moses has come on the scene. They've, uh, they've been released from, uh, escaped from uh, captivity and being in slavery in Egypt. They've, they've crossed uh, over uh, or through the, the, the sea. And now they're perched, just about to cross into the promised land. And that's where we meet um, the people of Israel. Then, just as the Lord our God had ordered us, we set out from Horeb and went through all that great and terrible wilderness that you saw on the way to the hill country of the Amorites until we reached Kadesh Barnea. I said to you, you have reached the hill country of the Amorites which the Lord our God is giving us. See, the Lord your God has given the land to you. Go up, take possession as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has promised you. Do not fear or be dismayed. All of you came to me and said, Let us send men ahead of us to explore the land for us. And bring back a report to us regarding the route by which we should go up and the cities we will come to. The plan seemed good to me. And I selected twelve of you, one from each tribe. They set out and went up into the hill country. And when they reached the valley of Eshcol, they spied it out and gathered some of the land's produce, which they brought down to us. They brought back a report to us and said, It is a good land that the Lord our God is giving us. But you were unwilling to go up. You rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. You grumbled in your tents and said, It is because the Lord hates us that he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to hand us over to the Amorites to destroy us. Where are we headed? Our kindred have made our hearts melt by reporting the people are stronger and taller than we. The cities are large and fortified up to heaven. We actually saw there the offspring of the Anakim. I said to you, have no dread or fear of them. The Lord your God who goes before you is the one who will fight for you just as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes and in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried you just as one carries a child all the way that you traveled until you reached this place. But in spite of this, you have no trust in the Lord your God who goes before you on the way to seek out a place for you to camp in fire by night and in the cloud by day to show you the route you should take. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You get the story here. It's clear God has an ambition for the people. He's told them from the beginning, listen, this is the land I'm going to give you. This is the, the promised land. I will go before you and I want you to take this land. And they respond ultimately in fear, dismay, distrust, and just would rather stay where they are. 
I think for all of us, God, in the same way, for us as a community and for us as individuals, God has a promised land. He has a direction. He has a, a place for us to go that he is leading us. And it's, it's through the wilderness at times. It's over mountains and through valleys. And there are, there are giants in the land. But God's ambition... For us, God promises to lead and provide for us. That He fights the battle for us. God has given us an ambition as a church. To be that church without walls. To, to be a community of people who seek to live out the good news in, its, in all of its applications. To connect with one another, no matter our differences. And to connect in Jesus to serve the world like Jesus, no matter the cost, no matter how big the giants are in the land, and to celebrate Him in all circumstances. And I shared with you last week that what I heard from the Lord this summer, what I'm proposing to you, to discern if this is of the, the Lord or not, that He is seeking not only for us, to be a church in this setting, but even to be a training ground for the church in general, seeking to do ministry in the name of Christ in an urban setting, in the, the, the needs of the city, which can look like giants. That, that's where they say, you know, that they're the offspring of the Anakim, the Anakim are the words for, for giants and in Old Testament lore. And we are in a context. We are in a situation where they're selling drugs up on the street corner. Now, there's folks walking through our parking lot with guns. They're, 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 we're, we're surrounded in a city, as I've mentioned, where a third of the children grow up in poverty. The, the needs are huge that are around us. The things that break the heart of God. And that He has placed us right here. Not only... To enter into that land in the name of Jesus. But even to be, as we learn, as we grow, as we mature in Him, to then be a, a training ground for other churches that would want to do the same thing in their own city. God has an ambition for us. And I propose to you that that's His ambition for us. Now, what would stop us? From pursuing that. Same things I think that would stop. Israel from seeking God's ambition then. The first one is fear. I mean they were plain and simple scared. They, they, they took their eyes off of the power of God. And put it on the needs that were around them. And the scary things that were around them. And they said no. We'll just stay right here. And then that, that fear leads to whispering and grumbling and complaining. Yeah, because we're even told here that it was in their tents. You're in their tent. Why did God bring us out of here? What is God doing now? He's just brought us out here to get us destroyed. And, and what Moses reminds the people, so we're reminded. So no, no, how can we have no trust at this point? Look, look back. Don't you remember? I mean, it wasn't that long ago that we were sitting right on the side of a river, of a sea, and God split it, and we walked through, and our enemies were destroyed. 
uh, can be that fear that can stop us as a church and that fear that can stop each of us for the ambitions that God has, the goals that God has for each of us to, to pursue. That, that fear, uh, and closely related, can be the, the fear of failure. That, that possibility that, that failure is what is ahead of us. Uh, that in pursuing this goal, pursuing this ambition, that, that we won't make it. It's better, you know, we, we think to have a low goal, to have our goal. You know, let's just hang here. You know, this isn't a bad, Horeb, it's not a bad spot. You know, we can cut down a few trees, make, make a farm here, and then make a pasture over here. We don't need to go over there. It's just easy enough to, to stay right here, because if we go over there, we might fail. Well, I want to tell you, clearly, biblically speaking, failure from the world's standpoint is not bad. It's often good. There there are often times that it's God uses the times that we fail in the world's eyes. He uses as exactly the time to do exactly what He wants to do to fulfill the work of the kingdom. That's the failure is not a a bad thing. Matter of fact, the prophets, they all failed. But they were doing exactly what God wanted them to do. Look at Isaiah chapter 6. You know, it's that great passage where Isaiah goes in the temple and the Lord is high and lifted up and smoke fills the temple and we have that song, Here I Am, Lord. You know, we all break into song. But you know what? Then after Isaiah sees the Lord high and lifted up and, All right, Lord, here I am. Here I am, Lord. Yeah, he probably sang that. Then the Lord gave him the vision. This is what I want you to do. I want you to go to speak to people who aren't going to hear. I want you to go show people that they're, that are, are not going to see. And, and then my kingdom will come. I'm like, what? No, thank you. Uh, why did we have you all high and lifted up and now you're going to send me out there to go fail? And God says, yes, it's exactly right. And it's exactly what I need you to do. So go. Because this will bring about the work of the kingdom. And I'm as guilty of this as, as, as any. I mean, I, I don't want to, to fail. In your eyes, anybody else's eyes. Great story of, of David Brainerd. He failed, flunked out of Yale. It was in the late 1700s. It was in the day when you had to graduate from Yale in order to be a minister in the New England area. And... Uh, that was his goal. That was his ambition. He thought that was the Lord's ambition for him. And he failed. But little did he know at that time, as he continued to pursue the Lord, that God was leading him to a ministry with Native Americans. One of the greatest missionaries to the Native Americans. And he never would have gone there if he hadn't been thrown out of Yale. What looked like failure to him as he was pursuing his ambition was just the way God got him from point A to C. He needed to get to point B where he failed out in order to then get to C. So the obstacles are that looming failure. The obstacles are are fear or comparison. 
Comparison is another great obstacle, especially, well, in every way, but especially individually. We start comparing ourselves to others instead of being who God created us to be. I tell my kids all the time, listen, you, you weren't created. I don't want you to be like so-and-so or so-and-so. I want you to be the best Clara you can be. Because that's the, the one thing you are gifted for specifically. And what happened with Israel is they compared themselves to the, all the, to the Amorites and the Jebusites and the Termites and all those ites. Yeah, and they looked at them and said, they're bigger, they're better, there's no way we can do it. You know, our calling, we talked about personally, our ambition is what we call our calling. God's calling for us. And the only person who can fulfill your calling is you. And if, if you are spending your time, wasting your time, wanting to be somebody else besides you, then you will be in a battle you'll never win. You'll be in a battle against the truth. As uh, Lee Smith uh, used to tell me, be who you is, because if you ain't who you is, then you is who you ain't. Be who you is, because if you ain't who you is, then you is who you ain't. That's just good truth right there. You can almost taste the collard greens she could make too. You are exactly the person that God created you to be. And he's got goals, ambitions for you to be. And the quickest way to short circuit that is to compare yourself to somebody else. Now, when you see somebody that has gifts, treat it like you see a sunset. Man, isn't that beautiful? Isn't that a wonderful gift of God that God has done with whoever that might be that you're comparing yourself to? But then uh, enjoy that with God and then enjoy who God's created you to be and the place that you fit in that. Fear, failure, comparison... And we can let personal ambition take a higher priority than God's ambition. We, we can be, and this is a tough one, we can be pursuing what we want instead of what, and calling it God's ambition, instead of being in relationship with God and being sure and checking that our ambition is, is God's ambition. The, the rest of the story here is if you finish reading the Israelites when they finally hear from Moses and Moses says, man, you blew it. Why did you, you know, complain and mumble and gumble and all that kind of stuff? Let, it's, you know, it's, uh, that, you, we lost that one. And they said, oh, we're sorry. We repent. Let's go now. Let's, we'll go take the land. You know, and they get everybody together and they go take the land. And, and Moses is in the back saying, no, stop. Don't go now. You know, this is not the right time. And the people get it all, the, the troops together and they go to take the land and they're destroyed. Because their pursuit was success, that their pursuit was not God's will. Because at that time, God was saying, well, now don't go. It's not the time for you to go. Yeah, I did, uh, um, had the privilege of um, uh, serving at Marion Zimmerman's um, uh, funeral. 
on Friday. And yeah, just in finding more about Marion and talking to some of her colleagues and teachers, she was a teacher, a reading teacher for years at Chase School. And then when she came up to, uh, um, and she lived at Fountain Blue Apartments over here right next to College Hill School, and then she would go over to College Hill and, and tutor. And yeah, she was a, a wonderful, simple woman. And she knew her gift who God had created her to be, and her ambition was to teach every child that crossed her path how to read. And the, the teachers that were around her, um, they, they were telling me, yeah, we used to say that she could teach a stick to read. I'm like, ah, oh, that's just beautiful. And, you know, probably most of us in here didn't even know what Marion was, I mean, who she looked like. But she was serving God's ambition in a beautiful, wonderful way. And today, she's celebrating and getting to see all the different children that she helped teach to read. The final obstacle, I think, is the scariest one. And that's success. When we talk about ambition, this is why I think there's, a, there's a, a little bit of hesitancy within us about this word. Because we know if there is ambition, and it is God's ambition, and it does lead to what looks like success, then that's the quickest way to become prideful, arrogant, and, and forget that it's about God. And last week when I shared what is, I think, a bold ambition for us to be a training ground for, for ministry in an urban setting, I had a couple of folks rightfully say, ooh, man, be careful with that. You know, we've got a history here of arrogance. We've got a, a history of pride here. And if, you know, that, that's scary to put such bold ambitions before us. I said, yeah, you're right. It's not a reason not to put God's ambition before us, but it is a very good reason to be sure that we're regularly in tune with Him. Yesterday had a um, a wonderful, fun celebration of the the wedding of Barb and Mike Enderley. And... uh, um, And I really did have a good time with that. I mean, it's hard to mess that one up. You know, just with their stories and, 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 uh, and just how God had brought them together out of the, the grief and loss and pain of losing their first spouses and now um, coming together and meeting at a deacon's meeting and it might be a good recruiting tool for deacons, huh? <laughs> but and afterwards, you know, I had a number of really kind, nice people say a lot of positive things to me and, and even had some folks who were unchurched Come and say, you know, I don't really have a church. And it's always fun in those conversations because, you know, people are really unsure, you know, just how safe am I really? <laughs> you know, can they really share what's going on in their lives? Um, but that's extremely encouraging. And so I got in bed last night and just heard a whisper. And it wasn't my wife. Um, but uh, a whisper of saying, remember, this isn't about you. You're about to preach tomorrow about the obstacles to ambition. And remember that success is a great obstacle to ambition. Because it's really easy to make that about me. 
instead of the wonder that God has been doing that I just simply every once in a while get to point to. Those are some of the obstacles that I see in this passage and that I I see in my life and in our life. We, friends, are just like the Israelites. We're on a journey with God. And and He is leading us to fulfill the ambitions He has for us. What He would call our promised land. There are giants in the land though. Giants all over that gladly will work, be used by the evil one, be used within us to derail us from the the tack that He has us in pursuing His ambitions. These are, are some that are mentioned. And it's why after this series that we look at ambition, that when we we go into the journey of the strong challenge, because the strong challenge where we join with one another, we join with 50 other churches in the city, because we recognize the need for being strengthened in the Lord as we are on the journey that He has us on, as we are pursuing His ambitions. We have to be strong in the Lord. And and we can never grow complacent in the basics of being strong in the Lord. Of prayer, of Bible study, of community, of service. Of giving our daily lives unto Him. So after we, we grapple with and explore together what God's ambition is, then it's time for a little more basic training. A reminder and a renewal for us. That God is leading us indeed to His promised land for us. And the obstacles are great that will seek to derail us from following Him. Amen.